Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that believes in Santa Claus because we read about it on Facebook. On today's pod, we're looking ahead to a Boxing Day banger against Leicester, COVID permitting, and trying to make sense of Ferran Torres to Barca. We'll also be knocking back eggnog like it's going out of fashion and eating an entire chocolate orange before breakfast. Joining me this raucous festive knees up, I'm delighted to have Donna, Rudolph and Blitzen, otherwise known <laughs> as Harry, Ali and Howard. Harry, um, we're going to start with you, mate. You, you're not well at the moment. Yeah, I, I'd be Rudolph then because I've got a massive <laughs> <Yeah>. red nose. <laughs> um, what no, is, I'm not. What I'm is all right. Yes, what's the situation? No, I'm all right. I said to Steve just before, come on, you've not got Barry White on the podcast. This is me. Um, I just... So a couple of days ago, we started feeling unwell in our house. So we took a few tests and unfortunately my mum mom is positive. Uh, oh. I'm still waiting on results for mine. But, you know, timing just before Christmas isn't ideal. But, you know, it's yeah. all right. It's all right. It's shite. And there'll be a lot of people listening in um, and carrying the same. And yeah, it, it, it's but there's nothing else to say. It's just shite, isn't it? I and mean, we had it yeah. last year. To have it as a double a double jab of shiteness is not fair. Um Ali, are you well? How's things at your end? I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, we've uh, we've had to cancel all Christmas plans because we had planned to do the various uh, parents and in-laws and stuff, mm. uh, all of whom are very elderly and very vulnerable. And, well, thankfully, uh, everyone around us has so far tested negative to everything. They've uh, stuffed up their nose. Um, we're not taking any chances just because it's yeah. red and white wildfire. Harry knows better than anyone. So, I, uh, I, mm. I can I just add from the, uh, the, the, the trio at the uh, intro, uh, I will be doner because I smell like a kebab. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leaves you with Blitzen, Howard. Are, are you happy with Blitzen? I don't know anything about <laughs> Blitzen, so I don't know. Uh, should I be happy or should I? I think be? so. She she had the coolest name. Let's face it, Blitzen. Um, but that, yeah, that but aside, I, I don't know. It's it's, it's a quiz a, answer. <laughs> might be a secret serial killer or something. True enough. True enough. Yes. Some but, of the some of these Christmas stories are quite dark, aren't they? So. Well, I'm glad to see you get into the Christmas spirit. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty it's been pretty upbeat so far. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That is true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, how, how are you? How's things? I'm all right. My last present arrived 20 minutes ago, so that's perfect time. Wow. So nice. That's wrapped and I'm ready. But obviously, uh, touch wood, uh, yeah, after family later, uh, subject to a lateral flow test, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So uh, after, I should be waiting with bated breath for the results of that test before I go anywhere. So. Well, we also saw on your Twitter that you're somewhat of an expert, somewhat of an ninja when it comes to the wrapping. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. It was it's good. My, it's my, it's my brand, to be honest. So. Gen, honestly, God, I'm not even exaggerating. I wasn't sure if you were joking or not because to me, that's good. I mean, I can't wrap to save my life. I know. Yeah, I understand. Honest, it's worry. not important. It's really not important. It gets ripped off. Yeah, exactly. And it goes in the bin. So ah, I put all my effort oh. into the presents, not into the wrapping. No, you're um, right, and that's how it should be. But then when you encounter someone, I'm sure we all. Know someone oh. who can really rap well. Yeah. They look the business, don't they? They look oh, yeah. so good. Do, do you want to know what that thing was? <laughs> I if I were talking about Christmas wrapping paper here and you're yes. not about to burst into a Stormzy flow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> the ninety three twenty crew of rappers. You know? We're saving that for New Year. Just <laughs> oh, a shiver down my spine. <laughs> right, let's get started. Down there's a, well, I guess there's only one place to start, really, because it's such a surprising angle, a new story this week, and one that people have been doubting for some time, and yet it's also felt inevitable. Ferran Torres to Barcelona. Um, Ali, how do, how do you feel about it? What's your take on it? Uh, okay, very briefly, I feel fine about it. Um, I think Pep Guardiola and everyone at Manchester City have a policy that they want players that want to play for Manchester City 100% without any doubts or equivocation or ambitions to be anywhere else. And this is something we see a lot when we're looking at players to bring in. Uh, so I, I don't think I need to name names, but there have been so many players over the years that we've looked on the brink of signing and then they've been offered a bit more money by another club or you know, mm. uh, some other manager has turned their head and they've gone, ooh, maybe I'll have a go over there. And Pep and Cheeky have just gone, nope, thanks, bye, and dropped them like a hot potato. And I think the exact same applies to players that are in our squad. If somebody doesn't want to be there, I would much rather... Um, we uh, take as you know as many euros as we can get for them. Which in this case, I mean, people have been arguing like yeah, uh. crazy over what Ferran is worth. I really don't know because we paid such a ludicrously small amount for him in the first place. The fact that you know eighteen months later we're getting you know, nearly three times what we paid for him or whatever it is uh, doesn't seem particularly bad business to me. Um, and the one thing people often don't understand about the economics of football transfers is the value of a player changes depending on how much money the football club has got. Um, and the reason we pay a lot of money for our players is because absolutely everybody knows we have got more money than we know what to do with. Um, and the reason Barcelona are probably paying a bit less for Ferran Torres than they might have done uh, is very clearly because we all know Barcelona haven't got any money. And if, if Manchester City would rather let a, a player who's unsettled, um, I, I, you know, we've got no idea what's going on in Far- Ferran Torres' own mind, whether he's like desperately homesick, whether he's got, you know, what's to do with his family or what, you know, whatever might be going on in his mind that's behind this decision. Um, or even if it is just purely football romance, he wants to play for Barca and he's got the opportunity and he may not, if he lets it go this time, it may never come back again. Mm. Um, all of those things I can understand. Um, and none of it comes as a particular surprise. And I think we can get through fine to the end of this season. Um, and of course, it puts another 50 million quid or whatever it is into our war chest that we can then use towards buying another striker, which I think we all hope we will do. Um, so no, I mean, I, I, people have been, you know, there, there has been much wailing and gnashing of teeth over particularly on City Twitter this week over it. But I haven't been taking part in it and I'm fine with it, to be honest. What about you, Howard? Are you fine with it? Uh, yeah, generally, I pretty much just repeat what Ali said. It should, for me, should wait to the summer. It's the timing, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he wants to get, yeah, uh, we know this situation. Pep, play the world, play for you. He goes. That's that's fine. He, he's he's not settled. Personally, a bit disappointed because I would have enjoyed to see him develop, and he, it just feels like he's barely been here. He's barely not even got started. And I don't begrudge players wanting to move clubs and leave. It's a job to them. Not you don't have to like have a city crest tattooed onto their backside. It's just a job to them. He's homesick, he wants to go. I still feel even so, so I'm not one of those who just lays into players wanting to leave. But I'm a bit disappointed in him in that this early 
he wants to you know go already. But as Ali said, we don't know what's going on in his mind. The January thing, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed in that. I'm a bit disappointed that we that we don't just give it to summer. But perhaps Pep's uh, judged by you know he's guided by two things. Firstly, we don't know what happens. He's coming as Pep said he came in and said I want to go. Probably in Pep's mind, he's thinking he's useless to us now. Mm. I don't think we'd even get you know if he stayed to the summer. There's little point because he may not put in the performances if he doesn't have the desire to be here. And perhaps Cole Palmer's and maybe others, mm-hmm. the progress of them has just said it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it's depends what do we do with that money. And look, I, I don't think Harlan's coming in, but let's just say if that money goes to bring it in someone like Harlan, then Torres is forgotten in a heartbeat. It it could come back to, but the thing is, I never think we're going to, you know, we said we're not buying it in January and I don't think we will. And it could have just waited to the summer. I'm a bit disappointed in that respect. We haven't missed him last couple of months, but we've been pretty damn good on injuries. That doesn't mean that in January, February, we could have five, six players out and COVID, of course, is swirling around. We could have done with him for the rest of the season. He, he could bite us on the arse if he's in the Spain side for 10 years and we're thinking, why do we let him go for 50 million? We're not really bothered about prices. But then, Eric Garcia is a Spain international. He's utter dog shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just because he's in the Spain side doesn't mean like he's going to be the best player in the world. But I yeah. ultimately am a bit disappointed because I would have liked to have seen him develop at City, but I think we'll get over it pretty quickly. Harry, um, Howard mentioned there mm. about Cole Palmer. That is yeah. the big kind of compensation for me, you know, because I'm, I'm annoyed at this and, uh, you know, I wanted to see him develop like how it did. And, but then you think, well, he was blocking space for people like McAtee and kind of Palmer, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at this from Torres's point of view. There is a lot of options ahead of him in the team right now, uh, especially in the forward line. I can't think of one forward who isn't really sort of hitting the straps at the moment. Even Rian Mahrez has come back into the team and, been performing well in the last couple of weeks. Jesus, Sterling, that's not even taken into account the likes of Foden and De Bruyne that can play there and Grealish. Um, so yeah, and then the emergence of, of Cole Palmer um, and that's probably what has made Manchester City decide to to let him go. Of course, it's disappointing. I think everything you've said is, is spot on about the timing. Fortunately for us, we've only had Kevin De Bruyne out with COVID in, in the past month and that was when he was away with Belgium. So we've seen with, with every squad an, an outbreak can sort of hit the squad at any time and all of a sudden Torres would have been a, a viable option but I think Cole Palmer was definitely one and, and maybe to an extent McAtee that they've looked at him and think yeah they're definitely capable of stepping in and and doing a job um, and not even doing a job that's probably doing a bit of a disservice to Cole Palmer because he, he's not coming off the bench as a favour you know he's, he's definitely very talented and Pep definitely believed in him to sort of fill that space in the squad Okay, I mean, I think we were, we're pretty much all on the same page, aren't we? Um, kind of, I'd Steve, rather this didn't happen, but... but Steve, but, what do you think about the bending over for Barcelona? I well, guess. you know what? I, I'm, I'm not conspiracy theorist. Good relationships are good, aren't they? They're, they're all over football, but I just wonder if, you yeah, know, I don't know. Would it have played out this way with any other club? I, see, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there's something going on here as regards to City thinking, okay, we've got Barca as an ally. You know, yeah. in, in terms of all the kind of... Um, you know, the the manoeuvres and the politics that go on behind the scenes. It's good to have a powerful ally. And okay, they're, they're on the knees right now financially, but Barca is as big a club as you can possibly hope to find. So who knows? You know the downside to that though, they've got nothing to offer us. 
at the moment. At the yeah. moment. At the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, if they were paying peanuts as well, y- y- there's more weight to it. But they are, we are getting a decent fee for the lad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the Leicester game. Um, particularly the expected lineup, which is a really tricky one. Boxing Day is for any club to, to predict their lineup, but as regards to Pep Guardiola, then it, you can double down on that. So, um, from each of you, but we'll start with you, Ali. You're kind of. And anyone you expected to see come in? Anyone you expect to see rested for this one? I don't see any reason why there shouldn't be a, a, you know, a first choice pick. Um, everybody for a, at least a week off. There, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think we've got any new fitness or illness uh, news this week that I've missed. Have we? I'm, admittedly, I've been a bit distracted. There's not. No, no, just Walker. Just Walker. Just Walker's still, Walker's still, Walker's still out. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd expect to see something very similar to what we've seen, which would be a very uh, steady uh, back five, if you like, in England and Rodri. Um, and then whichever combination of front three uh, uh, Pep prefers to go with. Um, I think the interesting one is whether we revert to a midfield or with Gundogan in it and then possibly De Bruyne as a, as a uh, false nine or you know, uh, however else we want to do it. Um, because there's absolutely no doubt, even with the uh, excellent performance from Kevin De Bruyne last time he came back, um, we do look to be at our best when we have got that uh, steady midfield three involving Gundogan. Mm. Um, so I think that's quite an interesting one. Um the easiest way to get all our favourite names into the uh, into the starting eleven would be to drop Gundogan, play uh, De Bruyne and, and uh, Bernardo in the middle alongside Rodri. Um, but I'm not sure we'll go that way. Uh, I think possibly uh, I'd expect to see Gundogan in the middle, uh, De Bruyne in a false nine, and any two of whatever five uh, on either side of him. Um, but really, I've got absolutely no- nothing to base that on, other than what I would what I would do if I would bet Guardiola. Which, thanks to everyone and everything, I am not. <laughs> well, I'd love that to happen. If only for a, <laughs> if only for a no, week. You really I'm wouldn't, Steve. Really <laughs> <laughs> um, Howard, regarding the front kind of three. Um, all change again, do you think? I mean, that, that is clearly the, the one area of the pitch where Pep is mixing things up this season. Yeah, I've got the foggiest, so... <laughs> don't to yeah, dip really? in and pick some names out. I don't, I don't know if Phil, uh, Phil Foden, Jack Greer, still on a naughty step or not. Or... Mm. Wouldn't surprise me if one of them comes in. So, mate, uh, Phil Foden perhaps comes in. But who knows? <laughs> I mean, really, who knows? It wouldn't surprise me if Jesus dropped again. But he has started. Yeah, I think you told me the stat the other week, Steve. He started more yeah. in the league games than I'd realised, to be honest. But, I mean, yeah, the back five, I, I don't know if John Stones would come in, but he's, he'll probably stick with the back five. It's been five days now since... Uh, sorry, it's it'll have been a week, sorry, since the last match. So, fitness-wise, it's, you know, it's if you're training, you're, you're surely fit enough to play. I... I just I imagine Rodri, Gundogan, Bernardo will come back. I think Kevin De Bruyne stays in, so you're really just picking from a a pool of players that I'm happy with any of them. So no idea. Basically, it's Pep looking at them tactically, and he'll make his decision that way rather than I don't know. Well, who's informed? There's so many factors here, but he's got he's got so much choice there. So yeah, you've got Mares, for example, who always seems to play well against his old side. So that might be a factor. I mean, who knows? I mean, um, 
Harry, have you heard anything on the vine, kind of regarding kind no. of? Sorry, I always come to you with no. the inside scoop, and um, so from your own personal interpretation and of things, I mean, we've got three games coming up in a space of a yeah. week, two difficult aways, Brentford and Arsenal. Will he? Well, you can't rest anyone on Boxing Day <laughs> yeah. against Leicester, can you? So- no, it's, it's it's an impossible forward line to call, and I mean impossible. Um, he's sort of mixed it up every other game, hasn't he? Uh, and we've got a game in midweek, can't we, against Brentford, yeah. and then is it Arsenal on, on New Year's Day? So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw three different front threes in each of them games. It, it totally depends on, obviously, I, I don't know the situation with Grealish and Foden. I don't know if they're, as I was said, still the naughty step. Um, but every single one of them, I, I think it's probably a good thing that I wouldn't mind any sort of one of them in that team. They've all performed pretty well. Uh, they're all in decent form uh, and they're all sort of pushing each other to start, which is a good thing. But to call the front three is just virtually impossible at the moment. But one thing I would say is I, I definitely do think it'll be three different front threes in each of the game. Okay, fair enough. Um, it's going to be a difficult one. I mean, Leicester have given us all kinds of problems, haven't they? Um, not least Jamie Vardy, who apparently has a tight, tight hamstring. So he's 50-50. He did penalty, did he? Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't see the pens. As soon as I basically, but I planned to watch the highlights because I thought Leicester, you know, had, had won, and then I found out what happened towards the end, and then I was like, I'm not watching that. So I didn't see a single <laughs> second of it in the end. No, I didn't either because I was out. But uh, apparently, I did take a penalty. I was wondering if that his hamstrings flared. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, he has, he has got a tight hamstring, and it's fifty-fifty. So who knows? And and that, the beauty of that is, even if he does start, you know what I mean? If he's got a tight hammy. He's not going to be at kind of full capacity there. Uh, he has caused his problems. He does play for last man. Um, and, you know, we only have to look back to last season, of course, with a 5-2. Um, I feel a lot's changed since then, though. I don't know. I was going to say, let's start with you then, Howard. Are you, are you worried about Leicester and how they've played against us in the past? Uh, yeah, well, I'm kind of on the cusp now. I think we've, in the last, we have got a bit of a measure of them. That 5-2 was an absolute disaster, of course. Mm. But it was just such a strange game in an empty stadium and it was just weird and I think it was that early season City weren't match fit like they are in either the way. Yeah, it was like Spurs away this season. It didn't really matter. It was a, just a disaster class of a match. I think we had Eric Garcia starting in that one for the record uh, with his with his headgear on. So are we really surprised we conceded five and pen- <laughs> there were, you know, so many penalties I don't know I think we've just got the measure a bit more and been more professional in the game since then because we won 2-0 there didn't we and we've obviously already won there this season at mm. their place yeah. uh, he's, of course he's going to be a threat but this really I mean we have no idea what, what their situation is but this has got to be the best time to play them apparently City didn't record any positive Covid results yesterday uh, if that's wrong blame Adam Keyworth <laughs> who DM'd me saying that uh, but they had <laughs> Pereira that horrific tackle which has been a red card uh, against Liverpool mm-hmm. uh, Liverpool's teenager he's probably out now for a while Sayanchu went off as well Evans is out is he not I think Barnes is out they've got six seven players out this is the best time to play them yeah yeah, definitely. And they've just played a ferocious game at Anfield. And, and yeah. Um, and he may, because he's got Liverpool, he may have to tally, you know, split his squad up for those two games, Brendan Rodgers. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, Ali, how do you rate Brendan Rodgers as a coach? Because there's kind of whispers and they don't go away that City really rate Rodgers and view him as a potential successor to Pep. Um, you know, here's another kind of audition for him, if you like. How, how do you rate him as a coach? Uh, not sure about the uh, successor to Pep part of that equation, um, but I think we have to respect what he has done and what he continues to do uh, as a manager, which is really quite phenomenal. He's, he's consistently overperformed expectations at pretty much every club he's ever been to um, and continues to do so. Uh a bit weird this year. I think it's his least convincing season yeah. as a manager. I'm not entirely sure what he's doing a lot of the time or what's going on with his squad, whether there's issues we don't know about. I mean, I'd, I've never talked... I don't know any Leicester fans, I don't think, to, to have a chat with them about it. Um, but, I mean, you know, things like... Uh, I'll bring up another point, actually. We're talking about Vardy possibly not starting. Um, one thing that makes me feel better about... Uh, playing Leicester is not facing Ian Acho, who still scares me every time mm. he's on a pitch because I know what he can do and and, uh, <laughs> and we can't count on him always uh, putting it past the post like he did <laughs> a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, so, but you know, look, what's happened to Ian Acho is, is a, a weird one at Leicester because he was coming through so well for them you know, last season um, and was looking to be their most dangerous striker, even ahead of Vardy. Um, and he's just completely dropped off the radar this year, and I've got no idea why. Um, so, that, you know, there, there's factors like that going on, and their results have just been really inconsistent. Um, they've continued to look like a dangerous team, but they just haven't been able to to produce any kind of consistency and... and uh, reliable levels uh, this season at all. So I don't really know what to expect. I completely agree with the thing with Howard who just said that this is the best possible time to play them and, and they must be knackered and, and very depleted. Uh, and I'm sure that's absolutely true. Uh, but still, um, to answer your question, Brendan Rodgers is a very good manager. Uh, I think the fact that he... Uh, well, in fact, he was, was at Liverpool at all, obviously, from a, a City fan's point of view, is a, a big black mark in his, in his uh, record. Mm. Um, but I think it's held against him that Steven Gerrard season when he didn't win the title. Uh, and he's kind of held up as a bit of a figure of fun as a, as a consequence of that, which I think is deeply unfair because Liverpool did really well that season and probably on... Uh, if you'd looked at the start of the season on the squad strength, they should have been third or fourth. And actually, they very, 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 very nearly won it. Um, they were within one slip of a, a boot to, from winning it. Um, so I don't think we should, uh, yeah, I don't think that should count against his record. Um, he is a good manager. I really can't see him as a Manchester City manager in, in the current era. Um, but who knows? I could be proved wrong on that. But but the fact that people speak very highly of him and that Pep in particular speaks very highly of him does not surprise me in the slightest. I think he's earned it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, I, I'd go along with all that. To be honest, I I rate him very highly, and yet I don't really want to see him at City. So I kind of I'm in the same boat in that regard. Um, Harry, how do you see this one playing out? How do you are you worried about Leicester? Do you um, how do you kind of um, foresee it going? Um, I've got a really weird feeling and I don't really like having these weird feelings on the podcast because it only backfires that City will find it quite easy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just with the with the break that we've had, we've had, will it be seven days since the Newcastle game? We've, unless anything happens in the meantime, we've got a virtually fully fit squad. As you said before, Leicester are absolutely decimated 
with injuries and, and the COVID situation, they're still sort of recovering from that. Um, it's at the Etihad, it's Boxing Day. I just, I don't know, I'd, I I said 3-0 City, um, but honestly, God, I, I was going to put more, uh, but then I just didn't want to jinx it. So, right. But I, I, I really think City will find this really comfortable, just with the situations of the two teams uh, going into the game. Get Just get that defence. Yeah. Because most of it's missing. I think Evans yeah. might be back, but he's, he's been out for a while anyway. That might not be a bad thing anyway. Yeah, I tentatively agree, which is goes completely against the grain for me as well. If if we're on, if we're focused and on it, then we should win this game comfortably. Mm. Yeah, the only thing I, I said worry about is if you know, because we've not no Kyle Walker, he's dealt with Hardy quite well in the last couple of games that we've played. Uh, so if Hardy gets a bit of space, that's the only way I could probably see Leicester hurting us a little bit. Okay, um, score predictions, guys. Start with you, Ali. Oh. I hate doing this. It's a Everybody difficult one. This. About it. I actually, I completely agree with Harry. Um, everything says it uh, It should be you know, as close to a breeze as you can get in a Premier League match. Um, but there's something at the moment. Does anyone else feel like we're at that stage in like in a movie when like the family have gone for a walk in the woods and are having a fantastic time and absolutely everything is going wonderful and it's all going bad for everybody else and like you know every bit of luck that could possibly be going anyway is going our way at the moment and it's just all too good to be true and if something's going to come catastrophically crashing around our ears any moment now <laughs> but I cannot think of any rational logical reason why that should come this Sunday um, so I will okay I will say the thing that I hate saying and I will give us 4 nil. Wow, so it's 4 nil, and then 3 nil from you, Harry. Um, Howard? Oh, I'll, yeah, it's Boxing Day, so it can be weird results. Not oh, like yeah. the 1960s when it's 8-2 or something uh, away from <laughs> home, but it, it's, you just never know. It is a strange day sometimes. But it's a chance for City to go, well, at least six clear, is it not? So uh, Liverpool not playing could be this big opportunity to get the points on the board and get ahead of them because they're going to have huge congestion at some point now that they've gone through in the Carabao as well. I'll go 4-3-1 then. Okay, 4-0, 3-0, 3-1. I'm going for 2-2. Two, two. I'm going for a draw. Oh, I know, I know. Every You've gone Watford again, haven't you? I've gone Watford week. again, exactly. And I don't know why I've said it out loud, because loads of people <laughs> give me grief for it on Twitter, but it's, it's because, you know why? Because it's Boxing Day. I don't yeah. trust Christmas games. I don't trust them. I don't like them, because something always bad always happens. That so, Watford one was a shocker, though, Steve. It, it was. was. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, yeah. Although I like to think that I brought that result about by Right, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, maybe we might get back to talking about whether our game should be cancelled, but it's such a, a bit of a bleak subject, and it's Christmas Eve, for God's sake. So let's just kind of whiz ahead, just talking about Christmas and football. And um, Ali, what's your favourite football-related present as a kid? Okay, uh, it would be 1975 or thereabout. I would have been, I would have been probably nine. Um, and all the kids in my school that year, uh, were either asking for or already had a game called Striker. Oh, God, a, yes. Which was a little plastic, a, a bit of plastic Chinese junk with little footballers <laughs> whose heads you pressed and it kicked a ball. Um, and for the first five minutes you played it, it was uh, absolutely like the most exciting thing you'd ever seen. And then within 10 minutes you were bored out of your <laughs> mind with it because you couldn't actually do anything other than press these little footballers' heads and get them to kick a ball. Um, so I said... 
my, I've got the kinds of mum and dad who, when when you say, I want to ask Santa for like this game called Striker, they're like, nah, that's rubbish. Um, and every other occasion I hated them for it, but this year they said, no, that's rubbish. Why don't you get Subutio instead? I was like, but but Striker's got little men and you can press their head and they kick a ball. I said, no, but Subutio. Oh! And we had this argument for, for weeks and finally I agreed to ask Father Christmas for Subutio instead of Striker. And oh my God, they were so right and I was so wrong. Because uh, all my friends who got Striker, like by Boxing Day, they were bored out of their minds with it and it ended up in landfill by New Year's Day. <laughs> Um, and my Subutio set came out every time my mates came around for about the next five years after, and I built up the Subutio teams. I um, I even remember when uh, when Scotland played Peru in the uh, 1978 World Cup. I liked their strip so much that even though they beat us 3-1, I, st- I got the... I had I I had the Peru. You want the Peru? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I did too. <laughs> with the, the, the stripe down the, the Yeah, the sash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful strip. So I had, I had the Subutio version of that, and I used to recreate Scotland Paris <laughs> and try and get us to beat them. And, and we never, it never worked then either. Um, so, yeah, Subutio, the absolute classic Christmas gift for any uh, nine year old football fan. And, and thank you to my mum and dad for not letting me uh, have Striker instead. We are currently in the process of talking about what to do as, as regards to an office for me, you know, kind of, um, cause we've got the, the baby now and stuff. Um, and we're looking at different options. Um, and all I'm thinking about is, can I squeeze this Sabutio table in there? <laughs> it would be amazing to get Sabutio table in there and just, yeah, and just do all the tactics and all the rest of it and feel like yeah. that. But yeah, I used to adore Sabutio <laughs> and I had, um, Tampa Bay Rowdies was the kit I had. And weirdly, <laughs> totally randomly, Aston Villa. I'd ask them, yeah. I know. Uh, anyway, I digress. Howard, what was your favourite football-related Prezi as a kid? Well, apart from an actual football, because... <laughs> Did you? Even... I can't recall ever getting a football. Did you get a football? Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love, anyway, just holding the football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or just yeah. any The smell of a new football. Mm. Just any piece, even like cricket. I don't play cricket, but just holding a cricket. But I don't know. It's just, yeah. Holding a, getting a nice, shiny new football that hasn't deflated yet, which it will always do within a week because you'll probably get run over by a car or something. But no, it's got to be that the thing where you press the players down. I had a cricket one instead of a football one. Yeah, yeah. of course. Test match or something where you let a yeah. little aluminium ball, you put it down the slide and then yeah. try to hit it for a six and put your field. But no, it's got to be Sabutio by a country mile. Uh, there used to be a shop off Market Street it might have been like Games Workshop or something. It's mostly Dungeons and Dragons stuff, but it had a Subutio section just mm. near where the underground market was. And the beauty then was you didn't know what you were going to see there. So now, you know, as you say, you go in there and get like a Napoli away kit or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the team of that or get some floodlights or, you know, a stand and stuff like that. So it was just nowadays you can. You can see everything that's available in the world just by going on your computer, and it was still a joy to go in there and get some weird second kit from some Bundesliga team, or something, <laughs> rather than going and get. Obviously, I had the city kit, but there was more joy getting the the ones you had no idea existed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's beautiful. by Gumtjamar, I think. So, Harry, what about yourself? What was the favourite footy thing you got as a kid? Um, any sort of classic kit was not, was normally good for me. Does anyone know of these little football heads? I don't know if it was like oh, a yeah, modern yeah, day, yeah, yeah. like Sabutio type thing. But 
I used to get them like as a kid. I don't know if that was like my era. And you used to get, and I remember City players used to never, never be in there. And we used to only be able to get City players through like the, the rare occasion they played for England and they turned them into yeah. like an England big head. It was always um, Shearer. It was always for bit like Michael Owen and Shearer and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you could build your own stadium and stuff like that. And I used to just spend hours of fun with that. I don't know how, but I did. And I don't know if I still have this connection somewhere. I've tried to dig it out. I could not find it. Uh, to try and show you the sort of rubbish players I had. Um, but maybe a bit more sentimental. I don't know if this is my birthday or Christmas, but I'm going to go with Christmas because it's probably my favourite present. My mum put me together this book, which is like called Manchester City and Me, and it's just a collection of all the memories from over the years of City in this like massive photo book, and it's fantastic, and it's that sort of thing that you can show your kids and your grandkids and stuff like that. So I'll probably go with that, but in terms of a kid, them football heads, I could spend hours of fun with them on Christmas Day. Mate, that's, that's lovely, that. It's a lovely thing for a mum to do that as well. Mm. I love that. Love it. Um, I, mine was, I, I collected football programmes as a kid. Um, obsessed with football programmes. And my brother got me, that must be about 100 of him, or what, it was a big box of second-hand football programmes. And it was the best present I've ever had, before or since. It was just, um, to go through them, and I was really nerdy. And Ali... I used to catalogue them. I used to properly catalogue them. <laughs> and so Christmas Day, just cataloguing all these like programmes, I was in heaven. So, yeah, that's mine. Um, what about later on go to games? Um, I struggle to recall. The only one I can think of, it's an obvious one, this, but I'll always treasure Stoke 1988 in the inflatables. I know we lost, and we were garbage that day as well. But... <laughs> <laughs> that was such an incredible day. Just everyone in fancy dress, everyone with inflatables. Um, so Stoke at 88 for me. But um, Ali, what was your favourite memory of, of going to a live game over Christmas? Was that me? Sorry. I uh, sorry, Ali. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, a bit like you, I was trying to think of, of particular games that had gone really well and that I'd enjoyed over Christmas and it was really struggling and I was looking back particularly in the Boxing Day matches and trying to remember what I'd seen and why, I could, why I'd forgotten them um, and among, along the way I found the 2-1 to defeat to Leicester uh, about three years ago and mm. I was like oh god yeah I remember that that was dire <laughs> and there were various other games like that but in, in my head they're all a bit mixed up with the, the games immediately before and after Christmas because it's my birthday on the 22nd um, and right. I'll try and get to a game around then if I can um, and one I, I did get I, I'll tell you two stories actually was, um, the worst uh, birthday, worst birthday I've ever had was when I went to Crystal Palace on the Andros Townsend goal day mm. uh, when we got done by Palace at home on my birthday and I've never forgiven them, that was a miserable one um, uh, but I think it would have been the year before that, I think we we, uh, I went along and we did Bournemouth 4-0 and we absolutely battered them and I think Aguero got a hat-trick or he got at least two um, and that was an absolutely cracking day out uh, and that was probably my favourite uh, from a footballing point of view that, that was my mm. favourite match I've, I've been to over the Christmas period um, although I've Regular 93-20 listeners will know, I, I told last week, of the time I managed to persuade my entire family to come along to a St. Johnson game on <laughs> Boxing Day against Dundee, um, which I won't tell the story again, but it was completely miserable and we had a fantastic time. It was kind of the essence <laughs> of Christmas football, I think. Uh, Howard, any, any stand out to you? I'm afraid not. <laughs> it's, it's hard, like, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it's, well, it's just that our record... Well, that's why that's why I've gone for two two against Leicester. I know. 
if we do falter, it tends to be. I mean, most teams, I think, do. It's. I'm sure there was a stat a few years ago that no teams had got 100 percent record over the Christmas period or something ever, mm. which I think is a very wide Christmas period. But obviously, it's. Yeah, I started looking through past ones, and it's like, oh, the three two zero to Palace. That that's closer to Christmas than I remember. And then we lost to <laughs> Leicester, so at least we can put the three one against Southampton afterwards. And I remember, I probably told you this, on a previous pod a few weeks ago, uh, my friends gave me a surprise ticket to yes. Sunderland away on New Year's Day a few years ago. And that's the one where they won. I was so hungover anyway, it was about 1pm before I was bit conscious, really, the next day. That's when they won with an offside goal in injury time uh, on our one of one defeats there. I remember trying to get to Southampton on New Year's Day once and the bus never came and for some reason I wasn't wearing a coat and it was freezing. Then it started, but a guy at the bus stop said, oh, I'm going to City as well. I'm in West Didsbury at the time. I went, right, let's share a taxi. But it couldn't get near the ground. So we got out a mile from the ground. It started absolutely chucking it down. I think I pretty much got hypothermia to the point that people around me in the ground were putting coats on me during the match because of the shaking so much. So generally... <laughs> Generally, I love, I do love the Boxing Day because it's just you know you meet up with people after Christmas, yeah. And and if you're stretching Christmas, then the two one over Liverpool, I think, was it the second or third of January? Oh, what a stretch that is! It's oh, twelve no. days of Christmas. Three <laughs> 0 <laughs> against Liverpool. If yes, no, gotta stretch it. So. That was freezing. That was absolutely freezing that game. That was one of the coldest games I've ever encountered. Mm. That. Yeah, but generally it's just more around the going out with friends and drinking into it rather than some epic results around Christmas. Yeah. So. Okay, Harry, what about yourself? Any kind of games? No, not that, not that that I could think of. I had a quick look back. I remember the the Phil Brown halftime team talk was on oh, Boxing yes, Day. Yes, it was. Uh, wow, yeah. And that was like that must have been like one of my first ever City games, or around that time, like when I started going more regular. Um, oh, and, I and love I that! Just being amazed, I love that you might, might have thought that was normal. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bear in mind, I'd have been seven years old at the time, yeah. and I would have must have turned to my granddad and gone, "You know, is, is that normal? Like, what are they doing out here? <laughs> is that normal that he's got a deep tan deep into this?" <laughs> Oh, incredible! Uh, but it, was, it, that it is, re- was, was that really about twelve years ago or something? I'm, I'm trying to age oh, you. Oh, uh, 2008. It said. Bl- yeah, 2008. Oh my god! Wow. Time flies. Before. I still remember Jimmy Blood's goal celebration the week after. Do you remember that? Yes. One? Yeah. Just wagging <laughs> yeah, his finger yeah. at everyone. Because yeah. yeah. you know, like if you go to the Etihad at half time, it's it's half empty because everyone's going to the bar or whatever. Especially yeah. in in Christmas when it was when it was freezing. So the vast majority that was still outside watching was just absolutely <laughs> bemused by what was going on. <laughs> Didn't you win the second half, though? <laughs> oh, it must have been. It must have, been. Um, it must have worked, whatever he had. Guys, I think we should wrap it up because we've all got kind of Christmas Eves and families and, and whatnot to kind of sort out. And I really enjoyed that. It's got me in the mood now to, to batter Leicester, particularly after me saying 2-2 as well. And, and all the flack I'm going to get on Twitter for it. Um, yeah, let, let's do this. Um, but thank you very much for joining me today, Harry. Yeah, pleasure, mate. Thanks, Howard. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Hope everyone has a good. Well, hope everyone gets to meet up with uh, yes. their loved ones and have a, have a great Christmas. Period. <laughs> Absolutely, and if not, a better January. Anyway, yeah. And thank you very much, Ali. Absolute pleasure. Have a safe and safe and happy Christmas, everyone. Fine, and thank you most of all to everyone listening in. And that's a wrap for today. 
We're off to cross our fingers that tomorrow morning we finally get to unwrap a Dukla Praga away kit. In the meantime, <laughs> take care of yourselves. Have a very Merry Christmas and forever up the festive blues. <laughs>